This is Tully Dio and Madman Matt sitting next to me per huge. And we are the hosts of the Tully Dio Show. I thought I was always a good wingman. I wake up when uh, my eyes open. Because you know rock and roll stays up late. It's like if you're drinking the big beers, then I think there should be a certain level of cheer that you get from that. So like Walt's drinking the big beers, you should feel more cheerful. Unless you're a sad drunk and no one likes that. Yeah, no one wants that. Los Angeles, we're pumping it out to the people, you know? It's the hot stuff. This is where, this place is boiling with, with, you know what I mean? Everybody wants something new in LA. And it is time for some new rock and roll. It is so time. The Tully Dio Show, episode 315. I'm Tully Dio. Madman. We got a great show. There's a lot of great bands on today's show. There's a lot of great bands on every show. So let's get to it. Blind Perception, we've played. Man, they, we played them since the old show. Blind Perception was like from the radio station that we used yeah, to be at. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. right. We've been playing them for a long time. So they sent us a couple more songs. This is the first one, Erased by Time. And then a second track by Vancouver Drive, who we played last week. But it's a different song, Troubadour. I'm guessing it's about the Troubadour. You think so? I hope so. Just a rich man. Or it could just be about at Troubadour. Oh, like a human rich person. Is that what a troubadour is? I thought it was like a Spanish. What's a troubadour? Isn't it a conquistador? Conquistador? Conquistador. I don't know. That's a great song by Proco Harem, though. There you go. Let's Mm. play. You know what? Let's jam some Proco. Oh, that's a deep cut Proco Harem. If you don't know him, look him up. But wait until after this show, because there's new music to hear right here, right now. Check it out.
awesome. So what a true, now they could be singing about the troubadour in Los Angeles. Well, is it in Los Angeles? It's in California. No, it's Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is what a troubadour is. One of a class of lyric poets and poet musicians, often of knightly rank, who flourished from the 11th to the end of the 13th century, chiefly in south, the south of France and the north of Italy, whose major theme was courtly love. Okay. So that's a troubadour. So it's probably what that is. Cool. And, and that's why the bar is named troubadour. Artistic too. knights. Artistic knights, man. Slaying you with the pen, not the sword. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Fire fellows, crimson rose, rosy, drunk on love. Good punk rock coming from Rosie. Check it out. Tell Dio show. The thorns you hide beneath your leaves remind the words I'll get to close.
Pull it together. You got it, man. Where it's all good now. Yeah, because you were here. Fire Fellows, Crimson Rose, <clears throat> Big Jim's wild card. Mm-hmm. Is Victoria Demar, who we've been playing <laughs> on the show for a really long time. Awesome. Yeah, no, dude. A lot of great interviews with her. She's one of my favorite people. Amazing, dude. I've never met her. Killjoy. But I could. Yeah. But she's a scream queen and she makes music. And it's her style. And I like that. And uh, she also has a movie out right now called Prototype that is in some theaters. If you want to check that out, you should. Yeah. Uh, But this is her song, Hypnotize, Big Jim's Wild Card for episode 315. Check it out. Yeah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> 
Dun 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 dun. Victoria Demar hypnotize Big Jim's wild card. Oh, that one you like got stuck mid whip. Yeah, it like, like it hit something. I did my own like you went to cock it back and it hit a tree before it could actually. Yeah, it like wrapped around it, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Brain cell. Now this show picks up some heat right now. Oh, it ends Rick. pretty. It ends pretty pretty heavy. So if you're driving or working out, get ready to put on or extra weights. Fucking watching Major League working out. Give him the heater, Ricky. That's still one of the greatest movies. Uh, I every time I see it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. It's one of the greatest sports movies ever made. Ever made. You can throw the natural in there. You can throw slap shot in there. Definitely. It's just funny that like a lot of them are comedies. Yeah. You can the natural make, could be the greatest. It is like dramatically the greatest. Or Field of Dreams. I can't. That one's sad. It's sad. It is. That yeah. one really gets you at the old heartstrings. The Natural is like, oh, damn. So good. This motherfucker. Epic. Epic. It's, it's a big movie. That's the word for it. And the music gives you goosebumps. Oh, I get it right now. Oh, no. Let's go get lightning bolts <laughs> tattooed on us. Yeah. People man. would get it or they won't. You know, that might be a military thing, though, so we got to watch that shit. It's also a Nazi thing. Oh, well, then we should definitely watch that shit. <laughs> yeah. SS, bro. Whoops! Jeez, I was going, I was going the natural, and I ended up Nazi. That was a huge left turn. I did not mean to do that. Oops. Welcome, welcome to America. It's Oops. easy to do that. Yeah, because people claim shit, and it's still just yeah. stuff. Perversion of of symbols that happen. Yeah, it literally happened. With you really got to know your stuff, or you're going to end up with some really offensive stuff on you. Oh sure. So really, do your research before you get a tattoo. I think is the moral of this Absolutely. PSA. Absolutely. Do research. Make sure your tattoos don't look like Nazi shit and make sure nothing on your tattoo looks like a dick because then you're going to have to live your life with a schlong tattoo. I'm talking to you, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, no dick tattoos. Right up the chest. Oh, bird on there. That's not him. What is his music? Bam, I don't even... bam, oh, yeah. Bam, bam. Dick tattoo. Dick. Dick tattooed on my chest. Oh, <laughs> you better get a cover up, bro. Just to get a cover up. A little bit of tattoo nightmares. Brock Luznair. Just, I here. mean, like, and that guy was just shaking probably while he was doing it. He was like, oh, my God, he is what he wants. He brought me a stencil and it looks like a dick and he, I got to do it. And he's going to kill me. This guy is he's rod irons chest. He's like this thick chested man. How he's he, a is freaking it? farm boy. Yeah. Like he's a guy who grew up like throwing bales of hay when he was like 10. He's just pure strength. Guy's been, tat, you know, tattooing oranges for like 15 years. All of a sudden, has to tattoo stone. Oh, the tattooer! I thought you were talking about Lesnar. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, no. He's tattooing on his chest. It's probably like, like terrible. Oh, it's very bad. Yeah, he's like, I've been doing melons and limes, and now I got a tattoo. This guy brought me a stencil, and it looks like a gigantic schlong. (laughs) What do? And he's gonna kill me. He's gonna kill me. I can't say no, No. because then he'll kill me. That's a tough gig. When he walked in, he was like, "Oh fuck!" It was a rib. They're ribbing that guy. Hey, no. Tattoo Brock Lesnar. Go for it. Go for it. Do not make it look like a dick. <laughs> but he did. Definitely but he did. did. He did. It's time for
Dan Bradley, obesity, brain cell, defensive wounds, stealth, like father, like son, diamonds and guns, singing song from hell, singing songs from hell. It's tough to say they're from Sweden. So there may be an S there. There may not. Uh, as within, so without salvation ends the set list for uh, today's episode. But oh boy, there's so much more show. So very much more show. Check out these tracks. Check out this commercial break and check out what we got coming up next.
Hey, this is Tommy Gunn, and I'm in a mad hurry. So I borrowed this ambulance from 477 MASH, and I'm heading to the Teledio show. See ya. It's time for Tully Speaks. And this week, I'm going to speak about an article that I found in the New York Post. I'll read it to you. Okay. Bronx man arrested for smearing poop on woman's face in New York City subway station. What the fuck? There's a lot to say here, huh? What? This is what where we are now? Yeah. People aren't robbing people with knives or guns anymore. They're just just in it for smearing poop on someone's face. I don't know what to think about it. Yeah, I don't know. I want to speak more on it, but I'm just like, it kind of speaks for itself that that's really where we're at. Yeah, we got there. As a society, we're at the point where someone decides to put poo in someone's face. Is that a regression or what? We're there now. Yeah, I feel like we're doing okay as a species of people. Like we're just going kind of, you know, doing some shit. Got some trains, got some planes, doing some stuff, got some medicines. Yeah. Now we're right back to smearing poop in each other's faces. Yeah, isn't that like a... That's an assault. That's a pretty... Because like you could get some serious diseases off that poop. Especially these days. I know. I know. Man, And I sucks. don't even know. It didn't go into how what kind of poo it was. Yeah, it was... Oh. There's a lot of different types. What part of New York can't you walk through now? You apparently don't go in the subway or someone will wipe poo on your face. Gotcha. I'm going to just start. If I go to New York, here's the tip. This is Tully's tip. Tully's and Tully tip. speaks. Tully's if you're going to go in the subway station in New York, be sure to stop and get some brown face paint and just give yourself like a brave heart. And then it'll be like a waste of the guy's time. Like if anybody's going to put poo in your face, they'd be like, all right, somebody already got him. So you, oh yeah, so so preemptive he already, strike. You already got tagged. He's yeah, good. yeah, he's good. They won't know it's not poop. That's true. Like just preemptive. So poop. it's like like the, instead of blood, it's the pooch. Yeah, you just put pooch on your yes. face. Not pooch. real. Not real. Brown paint. Fake, brown face paint. paint. Gotcha. But braveheart it, so, so it looks like you don't even want to fuck with this guy. I mean, this or guy girl or fucking, girl. Yeah, or girl. It was yeah. done to a girl, I think. Right. This so right. you know, the moral of the story here is. What in the fuck is happening <laughs> with humans? Wow. Yeah. Good point, Tilly. I mean, that's like something that N- Neanderthals would have done. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a pretty archaic uh, attack. It's just really from the, from the like, it's primal. Yeah, it's primordial. What do I like, got? Literally using Man, I got some poop. Got some poop. What do you got? I don't got a knife. What do you got? <laughs> I got some poop. I could use that biological warfare. It is. So remember, if you're going to go onto the train in New York, face paint. Yeah. Or don't. Or Or don't. don't. I like the face paint thing. Because you got to use, you got to get to where you got to get. You got to look. Everybody doesn't have a car. Yeah. You just look sketchy. Look sketchy. It helps. Brown face paint. This. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you had a straight, like, hand print, like an orc from, like... Lord of the Rings, <laughs> like Warcraft. Good to go. Is that is that cool to say Warcraft? Am I want to say that? I you are. All right, and they're Too allowed nerdy? to send us money. Yeah, come on, Blizz. I'm not going to say the whole word. No, don't. No, nope. we could get. Let's ask them if they want to be sponsors. We'll hey, send Blizz. them this clip. 
BlizzCon. Very, probably goes over huge with all sorts of corporations that we just spent minutes talking about poop. <laughs> we all do it. There's a fucking book about it. Come on. New York City. It's home sweet home. <laughs> Shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that man moment! PlayDioShow.com to me! A man! Oh my god! So mad! Oh! You know, I thought I was pissed, but guess what, brother? I'm mad! That's right, you want a madman moment? I got one for you, dude! That's right, you guys in Internet Town, USA! Don't know what heavyweight champion of Panorama City has to say to you. The lemur is here for a public service announcement, okay, for your dumb asses. I'm going to teach you how to use the WWW. That's the World Wide Web, idiot. That's right, you fucking idiots. I'm here to teach you how to use YouTube. Tell Dio, Mad Man Matt, I know you have some problems with people Doorbell ditching at the YouTube channel for the Tully Dio show, my favorite goddamn show on the planet. People just going there, checking it out, just kind of tiptoeing around. But guess what they're not doing? They're not uh, leaving comments. They're not liking. Okay, the little thumbs up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, fuck you. Press it. Press the thumbs up, dude. You pressed up the thumbs. Where's my hair, cameraman? Where's my G.I. Fairy hair? I can't see. Where is it? There it is. There it is. That's right. I'll just put my championship right up there. The G.I. Fairy hair. It's getting lost in the mix, cameraman. I'm going to lose you in the mix, you jerk. This week's Madman Moment. I'm going to teach you, stupids, how to use... YouTube, I'm so damn pissed, I'm actually mad that no one knows how to do this. You see my little mousey? Drag that carcass of a mouse and put it right here. I like this video. You know what that does for, uh, you know, Tully Dio and Mad Men? That makes them feel good. Makes them feel like they're wanted. Makes the team at the Tully Dio show feel like they're wanted. The lemur's mad. Check this out. Oh, maybe you don't like it. Just like, guess what? I'm going to put my foot in your ass if you press this button. Okay, it's called dislike. How about dis? No. Like the video. Don't be a schmuck. Boom. You go copy. You save it. You put it on Instagram. You put it on Instagram. What's your problem? It's not that hard. It's not hard at all. You got a Facebook. You got a Twitter. You go to talk. What the hell is that? I don't know. Pinterest. You still on that garbage. I don't know. I don't even know what the hell Skyrock is. Maybe I want to goo. Maybe I want to throw some goo. Yeah. Subscribe to the Tully Dio Show. See that little, little bell notification? Boom. I ring that bell. Ding, ding. It's over. I just put you in the lemur lock. S.A. Uh, comments. <clears throat> this show fucking rock. This show fucking rocks. Yeah, pluralize the rocks. Yeah.
You see that comment? Guess what happened? Now, now the Tolly Dio show with Tolly Dio, Mad Mad Matt, can see all the love. So don't just come in doorbell ditch. Okay, come like us, subscribe to us at the Tully Dio show. They won't have to hire me for a thousand dollars again to kick your dumb asses into shape. www. Go to the World Wide Web, drop the goddamn mic. Tully Dio show. Mad Mad Moment. I don't know, man. I said that right in your ear. Dude, it's interview time That's right now. It's my bad ear. Hold on. It's one interview time. time. One more time. We got interview you time. one because you got it blown out from singing death metal. That's what happens. All right. We got Judy and Knock here. From now, originally, Judy from Psycho Positive was how yes, we that is, met that is each correct. other. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you followed me on here and I was like, Judy's quite the interesting person. She writes books. She does metal work, creates jewelry, creates, uh, what would the, 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 the blades are like uh, ceremonial blades. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ceremonial yeah, yeah, yeah. magical tools of the highest. Yeah. Oh man. It's all so cool. I don't even know where to start. So let's start at uh, the books. So people, <clears throat> people can hear about the type of books that you write. Um, I'm so psyched to talk about the books because I just had a new one that was released on February 8th with uh, Simon and Schuster. It was my fourth title in a series that I got tapped for uh, years ago. I actually started uh, publishing books on witchcraft quite some time ago. I think my first Um, My first published work came out like way back in 2005. Mm. So I've been around, been around a while and um, witchcraft is um, fascinating. It's fascinated people for uh, decades. A lot of people um, think it's, you know, like hundreds of years old. It has this um, mystique about it. And um, as a practitioner, as a practicing witch, I have found that there are moments when it gets like hyper-focused on where it's part of the zeitgeist and pop culture. And then it kind of falls out of fashion. And then the, um, the focus shifts back and everyone is like into it and, and want to learn more. And so I've been kind of like riding those waves for um, longer than I'd care to admit, ah. but here we are. So I've been popular, I've been unpopular. And so now like there's an interest again, which is exciting. So, um, yeah, so I started writing a long time ago, then for about, I would say there was like a good 10 years where I wasn't like that popular. And then the interest, um, spiked again, That's uh, about five years ago. That it does that. Yeah. 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 Like, I've always and I mean, this has been going on for decades. Yeah. This has been going on since like the late 1800s, you know, where you had, what um, makes people change. you know, like it's Alistair like they... Crowley and the Thelemic tradition and yeah. Order of the Golden Dawn and that, that inspired like Page and. Um, uh, Kenneth Anger, all these like, you know, really intense um, occultists that had a really heavy influence on music. And um, I'm a musician as well. So I kind of experienced the world as vibrational energy. But back to the books. So this is the mo- my most recent, which is the Modern Ooh. Witchcraft uh, Guide to Runes. Yeah. And so um, these are like um, ancient systems of magic, language, uh, symbolism, and divination. So when we talk about magic, there's, there's like many different forms, you know, there's many different forms. 
There's like the cere- ceremonial magic that like Aleister Crowley was into. There's um, kind of like the down and dirty witchcraft, uh, charm bag, spell casting, candle magic that, you know, kids today really love. And then there's um, like the spiritual path. And so you'll see artists like, um, you know, like Sully Erna from Godsmack is um, a professed Wiccan. And so for some people, it's like, um, uh, it's a spiritual path. Um, for other people, it's, it's more of a lifestyle. And so what I'm seeing now is kind of like a collision of cultures, right? So there's this resurgence of interest. And then there's what has been, what is now, and, and what will be. And runes have definitely been around a long time. So yeah. they came into being like um, uh, first century, you know, kind the of like druids? in between. Um, yes. So um, the Druidic runes are an Ogham script, which is distinctly Irish. Um, so there is like a few chapters on that. And then the uh, Futhark runes, which are Scandinavian, uh, people call them like the Norse runes or the Viking runes. Yeah. That's what most people think of when you think of runes. But um, I also go into some of the more modern practices. There's a, a symbolism, a pictographic system called witch runes that has like, like 13 symbols. And then there's also um, the runes of Honorius, which is um, alternately referred to as the Theban alphabet which is like beautiful and esoteric. And a lot of it was, it's similar to music and it's a way to transcend. It's a way to commune with like higher powers, whatever that means to you, whatever higher power is like accessible to your mind. Um, Music and runes, magic, witchcraft are all paths, pathways, so. Now is this, the books, are they okay for like, let's say someone who's just getting started, like wants to read, about these things for the first time? Is there one of your books that you would recommend for them to buy first? Absolutely. So I have learned so much um, through this process of what it means not only to be like a practitioner, but an author and what my readers need and who my readers are. So I started out writing more like intermediate and advanced books that I definitely would not recommend for beginners okay Um, so like this one uh the modern witchcraft book of natural magic this one was published in um i think it was 2018 2018 it was my first like new work in about 10 years where like i said all of a sudden there was this surge of interest and uh my agent um called me up pretty much out of the blue like hadn't heard from her in a while we'd done some big projects together in the past she called me about the blue saying like Simon and Schuster was interested in a new work. And my only response was, wow, sure. So I wrote yeah. this beautiful, amazing, like high level book that I considered to be like my best work. And it was like a total flop because it just like phew, ah. sailed right over everybody's heads. And that was a huge learning experience. So then the next one, this is the one I would recommend for beginners because it's a primer so it's about like earth magic and plants so yes the modern witchcraft guide to magical herbs that was me like dialing it back a lot where you could study herbalism your entire life and never even master it there's over like fifty thousand different varieties of herbs many of which are used in magic some of which are totally poisonous like foxglove can start stop the heart um 
<laughs> belladonna, another really famous one that's like a nervine. It's, you know, used in um, chemical warfare and to dilate your eyes, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I focused on like a hundred, a hundred herbs, which in the scope of herbalism is like nothing. Sure. You know, but so it's really a good, it's really a good introduction. And when, you know, this one was my first hit. Nice. Yeah. You just went yeah. over everybody's so head on far, that one. Yeah, so far it's sold over 30,000 copies, which is wow. for me like a mind-blowing number. That's like well, a mind-blowing number. You know? Yeah, it's so something finally awesome. stuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. It's years. so great that so many people are interested because it is a it's it 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 is a uh, it's so ancient. The yes. all of it is so ancient that like why would we ever want to forget about these ancient things? And also not only just, yeah, not only just not forget about them, but interpret them for the modern day and this modern age, which is what I loved about this book of runes. So this is kind of like my hybrid. It makes some assumptions that like you have an interest in this obscure magic, but it's accessible enough because um, runes are meant to be accessible, that this would also be like a great beginner book. And the reason for that is a lot of runes were used in apotropaic magic was like uh, protection charms and wards against things like, oh, I don't know, bad weather, like climate change or plagues, like a pandemic. So the themes right. are entirely relevant and the needs are entirely current. So that's why I would say I have high hopes for this one. I have really oh, high hopes for huge. this one. So. It's going to be huge. Yeah, it's brand like- new. We'll see. You yeah. know, the court of public opinion will decide you know and you seriously, just never know i like, think the way the world is right now though people are looking for stuff they're looking for stuff that's bigger than what they already know because what we already know doesn't really seem to be working well i hope so yeah i hope so. what would be, what would hurt if you had a nice uh you know a necklace with a rune on it to help give you a little protection against something how's that gonna hurt absolutely that's and that's thing. part of that's part of the fascination is that they, they are talismans. You can hold them. They're small, mm-hmm. they're portable, they're amazing. And, um, but there's also like a lot of meaning behind them too. And there's sound, you know, thinking about music, these runes have, they have sounds. They will, they will sing to you. They will speak to you. It was a system of language, a system of spoken language. So fascinating. It's so Endlessly. fascinating. So it's so fast. So we're on YouTube now. And we can, so we can take a look at the knives and the blades that you've made. Sure. So you can actually show well, everybody. I've, and then I've I guess one. you just, yeah. just like talk about what it is so that the people are just listening to the audio can, you know, I saw the one you showed us was amazing and you make all these, let's not forget you make all these. I do. So I, I am a silversmith and that is uh, definitely uh, connected to a uh, witchcraft because there is a Celtic goddess by the name of Brige, who is like the patroness of healing and poetry and silversmiths. And so uh, that factors heavily into like my spiritual practice. So the metalwork is the authentic extension of that. So when I first started getting like um, deep into those occult mysteries, I wanted to experience them uh, for myself. I did have um, an advantage where um, my dad was a regional manager for a welding supply company. So I got my first oxyacetylene torch when I was about 19. Ah. And the rule was don't burn the house down. 
Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't burn the house down. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, but I started out like with uh, with small stuff like uh, gems and minerals and connect the rocks, right? And um, so back in the eighties, uh, crystals were really big. They're I think they're getting big now too. But I used to do uh, like some silver crystal jewelry. I grew up in the Southeast and then, you know, drive it on over to New Orleans, rent a table in the French market, sell out and go hit the river and Neville brothers and just music, music, music. And then um, as my skills progressed, um, I moved to New York city and I realized that my little peculiar occult hobby was a highly marketable skill. And I was able to get work like that. So I really cut my teeth in the like, East Village Soho designer kind of artist scene. Match and that took me to too. some fascinating places. Yeah, that took That's me to some fascinating places where um, my most recent, my most recent metal smithing gig was with a fantastic designer uh, named Donna Stefano, who does like modern reproductions of really ancient stuff. So that was totally in my wheelhouse. And um, so she's attracted a lot of, famous customers in rock and roll. So I got to do a lot of stuff for Joe Perry of Aerosmith. Um, he loves to buy stuff for his wife and I've met Joe and Billy and they are just the best couple ever, just the sweetest people. Um, other people that collected her stuff that I got to hang out with like Alice Cooper, Johnny Depp. Uh, we did a whole uh, suite for the Hollywood vampires oh. and um, some official merch for Aerosmith. Yeah. Wow. So again, a nice intersection of uh, metal and um, music. But as far as the blades together. go, yeah, the, the blades um, are very unique because I'm sure there's other people doing this, but I don't know any and I sure haven't met any. So I make these blades out of sil sterling silver, which is <laughs> like ridiculously lavish. Oh, but yeah. um, that's my medium. That's what I'm good at. So there's probably like at least an ounce of silver in each one. And then the uh, hilt is oak. The rivets and the blade, uh, the hilt, the rivets are all sterling silver. Uh, the handle is oak. And then it's got just like a little leather uh, sandwiched in. And then that little crystal uh, pinched in the pommel. And so the important thing about these, um, I call them uh, witch blades, is that they are tools of ceremonial magic. And what they are meant to do, they have a double edge. And this is not sharpened because it's a ceremonial tool. It's you don't like debase the tool by like, you know, cutting your sandwich with it. It's to cut out like psychic and spiritual space. I see. So it is like it is a tool of transformation where you use it in like ceremonial gestures, like, you know, putting the um, your powerful uh, fingers in alignment and then you are directing energy through the tool to create like a sacred space. And one of the ways that we do that is by having it aligned with earth, which is the crystal and the ore, and with fire, which you absolutely cannot fashion these things without intense amounts of heat. And then there is the intention. So I use a combination of tools like torch, hammer, anvil, uh, finishing tools, and there's a lot of transformation involved. There's bending, there's quenching, there's sound, there's high tones, there's low tones, there's that hiss when it, you know, hits the water, yeah. there's um, intense color changes. So they're, they're intense. They yeah. resonate on a lot of levels, like visual, 
uh, sound, aural, and then they're also tactile. So I've made about, um, I've made about five in total and they're all uh, one of a kind. And um, I keep thinking I'm going to sell them one day, but I haven't. Oh, you been don't sell them. I can't. <laughs> you know, the price. the price is too high, but we'll no, see. You so know somebody now, would buy one of those. Somebody would buy yeah. one of those. I no think doubt. somebody, I think, I think they are for somebody. I don't think I made them for me. There's one. No, there's actually two, two that are mine, two yeah. that are my personal ones. Uh, but there are three that I, I don't feel like I made them for me, but I, I don't think I've met. Um, their new master. I haven't met the new masters yet. Nice. I like that yeah. because it really is all that stuff. Like it really is what you mm. find. And I mean, that will then be harmonious with whoever that you decide is the person that's supposed to have that blade. I think they'll, they'll find the, their master. So I take them around sometimes like when I want to show off. So um, last summer I did this event in new Orleans um, called hex fest that Christian Day puts on uh, with his partner, Brian Kane. And I just had a blast. I had so much fun. I brought them all, not really thinking I was going to sell them, but like, mm, maybe. And um, I'm in no rush. You know, they're, they're happy no. at home with me. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> all that energy and everything. That's great. Um, so but they got well received. Like people see them and they're like, whoa, like people that know no, like they know they're holding something intense when you hold it. And they're not miniature, you know, they're life-size, they're heavy, they're sterling silver. So it's really quite lavish. It's really quite lavish, you know. So, and this is a weird question, but because of your, uh, because of the insight you have, uh, any like worldly feelings that you're having, like worldly advice or worldly, like anything that you've, that like, because of the insight of being a witch, like, is there anything? Yeah. Well, we're at an interesting point right now where the winter is behind us. We're coming into springtime. We're approaching a balance point. So right now, um, as a witch, I would not expect things to come into balance. I would expect a lingering darkness, which I think we're all having with, you know, war and climate change and pandemic. But the thing about um, witchcraft is it's highly connected to the seasons and it's highly connected to the phases of the moon, which are always changing. The change is constant. So um, for me personally, uh, protection magic has been factoring in pretty heavily. Um, again, love magic and healing. I think those are the things we need the most right now is protection, love and healing. So that's Absolutely. where my personal practice is focused on. Good. <clears throat> Cause I think people need to know that. And like now if they were, if they wanted to do like a, like a small spell or something like that, which ones of your books could they read to learn how to do that? Um, there is a lot in all of them, but this one, uh, the modern the witchcraft runes. guide to runes really covers all three. And what makes it so accessible is um, it has, ingredients, step-by-step, uh, step, and uh, which runes. So I just opened up to a random page and I got like calling back your heart. So there's like a whole chapter on like simple things you can do when you feel like your energy has kind of like gotten away from you. It talks about different energetic properties and principles, pathways and choice. And, um, but there is also like, there are love spells and apotropaic magic. One of the things that I would love to show you, yeah. if I can through it, 
is um, I use um, runes for transformation. So they're not only individual uh, symbols, they're also meant to be combined, right? Oh. So you take runes and you lay them like on a stave, which is basically a line, kind of like in music, right? When you have like the staff, yeah. you have all these horizontal lines. Um, you can do that and you can create different like configurations. I see. So there's an example. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So it's like taking each and here's a really, this one is like way more complex that I came up with, but um, it combines like several different rooms. Oh yeah. Let's I got to get this book. Yeah. And so it's very, it's very esoteric because if you just saw that you wouldn't necessarily know what it represents. Right. right. But the book gives you um, all the meaning behind it. So it's, they're very effective using those sure. sigils are very, very, very um, effective. So I love it. And what's coming out for, so psycho positive, what's coming out next for you guys for that? Anything new? Uh, psycho positive has just been exploding, which has been really, really exciting. We have, we have in May our um, first live full band performance. Um, in about a year because things have been so crazy with the pandemic and venues not being open. And um, the last gig we played live was frustrating because things had just opened up and we were at this um, theater on the Lower East Side as part of like um, uh, an arts festival. And we're great for a festival band. We're used to playing like outside stages and wouldn't you know, it was like pouring rain that day. Of course, yeah. So then it was like, is it going to happen? Are we going to go inside? What are we going to do? So they moved us inside to, you know, like a pretty sizable theater. It was like maybe like a 99 seater. So like not tiny, but not huge. And, um, but they stacked the bill. And mm. that happens a lot where like everyone is now scrambling for that stage space. So um, so with the bill being stacked, our set got truncated and it was like a little unsatisfying. Yeah. So we didn't even get to play some of our hits, you know, we had like a good crowd that like they wanted to hear blood. They wanted to hear, you know, psycho positive. And we had to do that. Thank you very much. Good night. And um, that was bad because I brought the gig and I thought everybody was going to kill me. Oh. Like you dragged us all the way down here for like a 20 minute set. And I was just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I told you that but I was just like so eager to play. Uh, so we're going to be, yeah, I know. I know. So hopefully that's passing. So yes, we will be uh, hitting the stage soon. And, and that's really exciting because we spent like a solid year doing just digital music, just digital music promotion. And boy, was that a learning experience. Yeah, you're on the top. So, 10. you know, I'm still trying to reach my people, whether they're listeners or readers, they all like something different. So we did really well. Um, well, mostly Louis did really well with the digital music promotion. But then when it comes to books, like my people, they want to see and touch. Like I do not sell that many like digital books. You know, I'll sell tens of thousands of print books and then maybe just like a few thousand um, Kindle or nook or you know digital gotcha, books so yeah. i have like those people want to see and touch so for me i'm most excited about psycho positive playing live and again. you're number two it's, it's on the list been, like, on the top 10 we're number two on the number list two. Ah, yeah gummy know. bear that's awesome gummy I bear started out at like number 10 like barely <laughs> people keep people keep voting for it like it's they love the that's gummy bears. the name draws them in <laughs> How could you not about. get drawn in, right? You know? How could you not? Magical yeah. herbs, right? That's there's, right. There's like another. 
that's the book. That's the book. The I know all sorts of magical book. herbs. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so wait, oh, thank so, you. That's such a great thing. I, oh, it's, it's awesome. So before you go, tell the people where they can get the books, because that's what we're talking about today. We did a little band talk just for the show, but I want to know about where they can get them because I think having more positive things, you know, people are going to want that. It's pretty dark right now. So I think those books, are oh. great, you know, they're great for people. They're, it's uplifting and it's yes. also empowering because it gives you things you can do like to combat those feelings of oppression, whether it's like psychic, spiritual, or health wise, or, you know, whatever you have going on. So first of all, I want to say thank you for this amazing opportunity. Um, Cause now I get to advocate and get on my soapbox. Yeah. So I have been, you know, just blessed by magic that the books are available at, you know, the national accounts like Barnes and Noble, Amazon. But if I wanted to send a message to our listeners, Jeff Bezos does not need your money. Find an independent bookstore, support them, request the book. And I tend to support those places that support me. And so like, there's your opportunity. You want to put money in somebody's pocket? Jeff Bezos doesn't need it. So <laughs> I do look at my Amazon sales ranks, but I don't care about them. Gotcha. And I know that might sound like hypocritical and I'm trying to care less and less and less. But, you know, I'm very lucky that the books are available worldwide and you could pretty much expect to see them at like your Barnes and Noble. They're all over Amazon. I know that's easy and convenient, but if someone's got like, you know, some nickels they want to part with, it's going to mean a lot more to their independent bookseller. So thank you to Judy for calling in. Check out uh, Psycho Positive. Oh, yeah. Check out Gummy Bear. It's number two on the top 10, which we're about to do next. Check out her books on all the things she said, Barnes and Noble, lastly, Amazon, lastly, if you can't find them at your local mom and pops, do a lot of mom and dad's own like uh, bookstores. Oh, sure. Eh, I think mostly cats own them. All right. Bookstore. (laughs) They're always sitting on the counter. That's a good bookstore. You know, it's a good bookstore. If there's a cat sitting on the counter, you know, it. you know, that's where you need to get Judy's books. Yeah. Yeah. Which you can. That's right. So, uh, thanks again for the interview. Uh, very interesting stuff. That was great. Uh, and now it's time for the top 10. Oh, we're here already. Top right. 10. Hit the music. It's your top 10. Starting uh, with a song from last week that now has entered the list at number 10, we got Pinfinger with Boot Liquor. Coming in at number nine is Ben Wise with Rack and Ruin. We got number eight, Bad Love has moved up with tattoos. Berserk, Mike check. One, two is number seven, Riot After Midnight, Yours All Night. Number six, number five is Coastal Fire Department with Gun. Number four, Tommy Gun, Junction 66. Number three, Voodoo Shakedown, Play With Fire. Number two, Psycho Positive with Gummy Bear. And number one for the second week, Reality Suite kiss the ring check it out check out the video great stuff go to the tully show.com and vote for this top 10 uh that's the end of the show listen to the top 10 submit your tracks to the tully Dio show at gmail mp3s uh submit to the meister uh, meister mad Mad moment mp4s to the tully Dio show at gmail And um, what else? Big beers. Big beers and cheers, everybody. 
drink them up. Have a great weekend. It's me, Tully Dio. And I'd like to thank the people that make the Tully Dio show possible. First of all, me, Tully Dio. It's my show. Second of all, my partner in crime, Madman Matt. We got our executive producer, Amy Goldberg, and our associate producer, James Chabelle. The Tully Dio Show. like to fucking do the show. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the future. It's the future.
Sometimes I screw up every single thing I do Sometimes I tattoo words that make me think of you You told me you'd be there for everything, now I'm not sure What I'm gonna do with myself High on you till I exhale I see you holding hands with hands Every single thing I do Sometimes I tattoo words that make me think of you Sometimes I don't know what I'm doing but what's new Sometimes I tattoo words that make me think of you Everything I do, I gotta apologize for But I'm not sorry If I do keep acting like a fool You won't do with me anymore I'm still not sorry Maybe I'm an asshole, maybe I'm a creep I don't wanna go there, but maybe you're the freak If you don't like who I am today Guess it's your last, I'll be okay Sometimes I screw up every single thing I do Sometimes I tattoo words that make me think of you Sometimes I don't know what I'm doing but what's new Sometimes I tattoo words that make me think of you Broadcast me live. Get the dollar listeners, you can take my mind. Can't 
Said a nigga that ain't a management for my head. So fucking, fucking like Harlem. Listen to this rhyme. New York Times. Hype on the track like that shit was the rhyme. America's illest. No nigga doing it. Got put a blue for the ladies in the hood. Get out of my face. Keep me on the right space. Hit my rock music. Look over like the face like drama. Every time I come to the place like drama. Y'all be screaming how to say my mama. Yeah, my face don't you get bothered. We wanted to take her back to the dog.
Yeah. 
tell your papa who's the blues. The gummy bear.
Thank you. We love you and we love all of you guys back home watching. Thank you for tuning in. 